This is Amy Bauman, and you are listening to Speaking Truth with Love. For more information about myself or For His Glory Ministry, you can head to amybauman.com. Now here is today's show. Good morning. Welcome to our online service. I'm Chaplain Amy Bauman, and I am so glad that you're choosing to join us today. It's hard to believe that we're in December, uh, but I'm excited. I'm choosing to be joyful this December, despite what's happening in the world, and I'm going to choose to focus my attention on Jesus. And that's what I hope that we will all do this month. Each Sunday, we're going to be looking specifically at Christmas, something about Christmas to bring us closer to uh, celebrating Jesus's birth. And today we're going to be focusing on joy, something that I believe all of us are trying to grab onto. All of us are trying to hold on to our joy, uh, especially with the shape of the world today. So I just want to invite you into this service, invite you into right now a time of prayer as we focus our attention on Jesus and the joy that we can have with him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for today. This is the day that you have made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. And I just pray, Lord, for each person watching, each person listening, no matter what they're going through right now, that you will meet them exactly where they are, that you will open up their hearts and their ears for what it is that you have for them today. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. Uh, I pray that you will anoint me so that I will speak your truth with love. And uh, give everyone, Lord, that, that word that they need to hear today. We love you and praise you and thank you. And we're excited for everything that you are going to do with this time in this space. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So typically this time of year, in years past, I would already be starting on just celebrating Christmas. I would already have my joy. I'd be looking at upcoming parties. I'd be planning on the food that I was going to create to have my family over. I would be already celebrating Jesus's birth, already just excited for everything that was happening, the change in the seasons. Uh, lots of reasons that I would have joy. And yet I find myself this year uh, having a little bit more trouble with that. Uh, looking at the world, looking at the shape of things, looking at the communities uh, near us that are struggling with sickness, looking at the people that um, have been involved in recent shootings and persecution. And overall, my heart is heavier this year, trying to decipher uh, what's happening, trying to comprehend what's happening, trying to accept what's happening. And I think as humans, we do this. We measure, we weigh, we look at situations that are happening around the world and we weigh and measure our emotions, our joy based on what's happening, based on what's uh, going on. I mean, when we ask ourselves, how can I have joy when I see what's happening in the world? How can I have joy when I see increased COVID numbers? How can I have joy when I see persecution in the church, uh, when I see sex trafficking, when I see 
uh, loss of the people that I love, the people that I'm missing. You see, I've weighed and measured a good part of my life. I've counted calories. I've counted the number of times that I've uh, done something over and over again. I've counted my blessings and everything that I could hold in my hands. I've weighed and measured my success, measured my options, measured my worth based on choices I've made, past regret, what other people have thought of me. And I think as humans, we're really good at weighing and measuring things. We're really good at putting things into boxes and saying, these are all my blessings over here. And this over here is all of the things that are happening right now, all the challenging seasons, all the troubles. You know, we label this is negative and this is positive. And when the boxes start to pile up and we see our negative pile over here getting larger and larger and larger, we start to get discouraged. We start to feel that the scale is tipping and definitely in the wrong direction. And it seems easier nowadays as my 51 years in this world, looking back at past Christmases, looking back at just the shape of the world, it's easier today to get caught up in all of the negative. After a long day at school or work, maybe you're taking care of your children or grandchildren, uh, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're, you're out in the workplace either working or looking for a job. You can come home after a long day and after watching just 60 minutes of your local or world no news, you can start to fill up those negative boxes. And where we get into trouble is when we start focusing on the wrong things. When we start focusing on the negative, when we start focusing on all the things that are happening that, are, that feel like they're going wrong in our lives. For me, I spent years focusing on the wrong things. For one, I focused on myself. I focused on all the things that were happening in my own home, my mental illness, my failed marriage, how I wasn't a good enough mom, how I wasn't a good enough wife, and I was so wrapped up in my own pain, in everything that was happening around me, that I couldn't see past that. I couldn't see that there were other people struggling, that there were other people going through things just like me. And the devil was really good at keeping me isolated and alone in my pain, in my fear, trapped almost in my own home, weighing and measuring my brokenness, my pain, and what was happening. And each day I lay under my own kind of blanket of pain, covered up in despair, wrapping myself up and never wanting to leave. And, and let me just remind you that this is exactly where the enemy wants us to stay. The Bible tells us that we have an enemy, the devil, who prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to destroy. In John 10.10, 10, it says, The thief comes only 
to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come. Jesus has come that they may have life and have it to the full. And we've talked about this several times in, in many sermons that this is a battle and we need to recognize that this is a battle. And yet we forget. And yet we wake up each morning looking at the pile of the boxes filled with discouragement and despair and everything that's happening in the world and we forget that this is a battle. The enemy wants to distract us, lie to us, make us focus on those piles of boxes that keep piling up with all the negativeness of this world so that we lose sight of God. We lose sight of Him and when those piles get so large, it's hard to see Him. It's hard to look past and see where God is still active and moving and on the throne. I believe that we lose our joy when we don't focus on Jesus. And when we look at this world with our physical eyes, weighing and measuring in our flesh, in our humanness, we get wrapped up on how the world looks from our limited vantage point and we we can't reconcile how God this all-powerful all-knowing God can still be in control and how he could allow there to be struggle and pain and sickness and hunger and death and kinds of devastation that we're seeing on the news that's tangible and metastasizing. But what we are forgetting in our humanness when we lose sight of who Jesus is, we're forgetting that this was not his original plan. This is not the way God created the world. And if you want proof of that, you need to go to Genesis and read chapters 1 through 3. You'll read how God spoke to the world into existence, how he created us in his image, that he gave us a beautiful creation to live in and have dominion and authority, to rule over the world, and that he walked among us in relationship with us freely, showing us love. But then the whisper. The enemy of our soul arrives on the scene and speaks to Eve in the garden and says, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? You will certainly not die, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Genesis 3, 1, 4, and 5. And aren't those the words that we still hear today? Did God really say that you're healed? Did God really say that your marriage is restored? Did God really say that you are forgiven? That you are loved? That you are worthy? That you have your joy? But here's the most incredible thing, my friends. Here's, here's the most incredible thing that makes me just in awe of God. It's his infinite love for us. 
that he started this world down a path of restoration. And when we failed by listening to the enemy, God orchestrated a way of redemption. He created a new way to walk among us freely in relationship with us in love. And he did it in a way that the world will never forget. Whether you believe or not, everyone has heard that Jesus came into the world. Those that have heard salvation stories. A king coming into the world as a baby, born in a manger, born in a barn, to break the curse of sin and death that came the day Eve listened to those words from the enemy and tasted the fruit in the garden. And his name is Jesus. Now, whether they've heard the whole story, whether they actually believe or not, we get excited this time of year. We get excited thinking about the gift that was given to all of us. And our hearts leap with joy, thinking about the possibility, thinking about the what if. What if I were to give my life to the Lord? What if I were to follow Jesus? What if I were to receive this gift that people are talking about? What would it do for me? Could he actually help me in this situation? Could he help me in my marriage? Could he heal me from this disease? Could he be my friend? You see, when we look at this world with our physical eyes, without focusing on Jesus, we see the effects of the curse. We see the years and years and years and consequences of sin that have put the world in the shape that it is today. We see this perpetual motion of the earth that has been dying a slow death. And we as Christians have a front row seat to see the enemy's window of opportunity closing and everything that he is doing to this world and the people that inhabit this world knowing that he has a small window of opportunity left before Jesus returns. And he wants to take as many people with him as possible. Everything he can do to distract us from God in these final days so that we lose our focus, we lose our peace, we lose our joy. And when we we lose our joy when we look at the world as it is now, as the end, as though this is all there is. So instead of weighing and measuring, of, of looking at things in our human limited vantage point, Letting the enemy of our soul beat us up day in and day out, piling up the boxes of all the things that are going wrong. How do we keep our joy this holiday? How do we keep our joy every single day from January to December? What we need to be doing 
is focusing our attention on the promises of God and the restoration that he has been enacting even now, even today. We read this in Isaiah 35, 1 through 10. The desert and the parched land will be glad. The wilderness will rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it will burst into bloom. It will rejoice greatly and shout for joy. The glory of Lebanon will be given to it. The splendor of Carmel and Sharon, they will see the glory of the Lord, the splendor of our God. Strengthen the feeble hands, steady the knees that give way. Say to those with fearful hearts, be strong, do not fear. Your God will come. He will come with vengeance, with divine retribution. He will come to save you. Then the eyes of the blind will be opened and the ears of the deaf, deaf unstopped. Then will the lame leap like a deer and the mute tongue shout for joy. Water will gush forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand will become a pool, the thirst ground bubbling springs. In the haunts where jackals once lay, grass and reeds and papyrus will grow. And a highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. It will be for those who walk on that way. The unclean will not journey on it. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor any ravenous beast. They will not be found there. But only the redeemed will walk there, and those the Lord has rescued will return. They will enter Zion with singing. Everlasting joy will crown their heads. Gladness and joy will overtake them, and sorrow and sighing will flee away. These verses were written 700 years before Jesus was born. The people were waiting for Messiah and knew without a doubt that when he arrived, his appearance would change everything. Now, as another people who are in the waiting, we are waiting for our Messiah. We are waiting for streams to be in the desert. We are waiting for people to have their joy again. We are waiting for the lame to walk and the deaf to speak. We are waiting for our joy to be fully known in our hearts that we will be without that missing piece that we are missing as we live here in this broken world. Jesus, living with Jesus, being in relationship with him, walking with him just like God had originally designed. We need to remember that while we are on different journeys and have different situations. We have but one destination in view, heaven, eternity with God. This life that we're living, that we are struggling in the flesh, in this broken world is only a blip on the radar 
compared to the everlasting life that we are going to have when Jesus returns. When we lift our heads and focus not with our physical eyes, but with our spirits, trusting in the Holy Spirit and in God's promises, we can see that this world is only temporary and that our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. 2 Corinthians 4.17 How do you find your joy today? How do you keep your joy today? Not in weighing and measuring. Not looking at our current situation and weighing and measuring it with our human mind and our human eyes. We will find our joy when we look to Jesus, the author of our restoration and rebirth. When we lift our heads and seek his face, his truth, and his love. We'll find our joy when we see others' needs and realize how we can function as his hands and feet. Others' needs. As I mentioned back when I was trapped in my mental illness and my broken marriage and feeling the weight of the lies, I couldn't even look past myself to see that other people were struggling. Other people had needs. Other people needed Jesus. And when we can look to others and, and look past ourselves, we can come up out of our situation and, and receive the strength that we need to be able to help someone else go through what they're going through. And you'll find your joy when you see yourself the way God sees you, the child of the Most High King. Jesus, others, yourself, joy. Two verses I want to leave you with today. Two verses that when the boxes start piling up over here on the negative side and you start to weigh and measure and you start to get distracted and lose your focus and you start to feel the weight of the world and the trials that you are facing, I want you to think about James 1, 2 through 7. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not accept to receive anything from the Lord. Let's unpack this for a second. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because it produces perseverance. We are going to, in our humanness, 
living in this world, we are going to face many trials, but it is in these trials that we are able to see the beauty that God has given us because without darkness, there would not be light. Without hardship, there would not be peace. Without sorrow, we would not be able to experience the full joy that we have in Jesus Christ. And without loss, we would not be able to experience the value of the gift of life and the blessings that we truly have when we align our lives with his word. Wisdom is something that God gives us when we ask. And so this should be part of our daily prayer that we're asking for wisdom. We're asking God to give us generously and he does it without judging us. He gives us grace and forgiveness and knows that we are going to make mistakes. But when we ask God for wisdom to walk in this world, regardless of the situations, regardless of the piles and the boxes full of discouragement and despair and trouble, we will have what we need to take one step at a time, one day at a time on this journey. And here's the important thing. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. We have to believe that God is faithful and that his promises are true and that everything he's done already by bringing Jesus into this world, to dying on the cross, to forgive us for our sins, it's done, it's finished. We just have to receive it. We just have to receive the healing, receive the peace, receive the joy, receive the love. It's already done. The gift is already there. And so many times we walk past the gift and we never open it up. We never unwrap this beautiful gift that he has given all of us, which is salvation, which is everlasting life, which is all the gifts of, of the spirit that he's given us freely. And when we do doubt, when we do weigh and measure and look at the pile that's, that's forming on our tables at home, we're going to be blown by the waves of doubt and regret and discouragement and disappointment. We're not going to stay steadfast like we need to. And in those moments when we're doubting God and the many promises that he's given us, he's not going to do anything for us. He's, he's, he's not going to do it because his word tells us that he already does. We just have to receive it. We just have to believe it. And then when you're feeling distracted, pull out, pulled out of relationship with God and starting to focus on all the wrong things, think about John 15, 9 through 11. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. We need to remain, my friends, remain in his love. 
We have to rebuke the enemy. The, the roaring, lying, prowling around, trying to still kill and destroy God's people. We can't allow him to distract us, to take us off path. We can't allow the enemy to distract us and steal our joy. We have to remain. We have to remain and persevere and be steadfast and keep our eyes focused on Jesus. Jesus, others, and knowing who you truly are in Jesus Christ as yourself, the child of the Most High King. Joy. Let's work on keeping our joy this season and all year long, keeping our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for the beautiful gift that you have given all of us in Jesus Christ. I think sometimes we forget that he stepped off his throne, that he came to earth as a baby, that he, he was brought into this world in a way, Lord, that you uniquely created to show that he loves all people, that he doesn't come here, he didn't come here as a rich king, but as a beautiful small baby in a barn, in a manger, to show us how much you really love us, that, that he came for all people, all classes, all generations. We're grateful for the many gifts that, that you continue to give us. And Lord, I pray in this season, the season of the world where it's, it's discouraging and distracting and we're constantly fighting, that we remember that you have already won that we know how the story ends and that we receive from you the gifts that you have already given us freely, forgiveness, peace, love, salvation, everlasting life, joy. And all we have to do is lift our eyes and receive those gifts today. And I pray for each person, Lord, that's watching, each person listening, no matter what they're experiencing right now, no matter what battle they are facing, that they will be reminded today that you are walking with them, that your promises are true, that your word is our GPS while we live in this world. And they will feel your real and tangible presence, that they will feel that you are their Jehovah Jireh, their provider. And you will provide for them everything they need today. We thank you for this time. We seal this all now by Jesus. And we ask all of these things in the mighty name of Jesus who saves and who is our true joy. Amen. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for joining us all this month. We're going to be looking at Jesus uh, bringing ourselves closer and closer to Christmas. And please save the date. We will be having a Christmas Eve candlelight service on December 24. Look for more information on that. But thanks for being here today. Thanks for joining us. And until next time, until we can be together again.
Be blessed. Thanks so much for joining me today. Stay tuned for more Tuesday teachings, Sunday sermons, and encouraging messages along the way. And until next time, be blessed.